This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Accessing data files. Initiating program. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Downloading Sean. My name is Sean Ray, and I don't know why people hate Nickelback. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Downloading John. The like the one benefit to uh, getting fat is that I don't have to iron my clothes as much. If you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Downloading Rick. Did you know that elephants are made entirely out of Rocky Road ice cream? Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. He's looking at you, kid. Accessing guest files. N C C one seven o one. No bloody A. Joni loves Shachi is the epitome. You beat me to it, you bastard. B. Uh, I wasn't listening. Sorry. Oh, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt more like a northerner than I do right now. (laughs) Or D. If you're wondering how this is going to play out, just watch A Bug's Life. It's basically the same plot. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I'm here to tell you that it's obviously Yanny. I mean, come on. <laughs> you are it's so Laurel, wrong. God damn it. Yeah. Laurel. Laurel to me. Laurel. <laughs> I'm okay. with Sean on this one. You know what's the freaky thing? Last night when I, I finally like got tired of seeing everybody talk about it and clicked on it to hear what it was, I was my cat was sitting on my chest and I was leaning back in my chair and I, I, so I all I could reach was my mouse and I clicked it and my volume was way down on my speakers. Yeah. And all I heard was Yanny and I'm like, how can anyone think this is anything else? And then finally she got bored and got off of me, and I was able to reach the volume. And when I turned it up, it turned into Laurel, and I haven't been able to get Yanni back. <laughs> wow. Well, it, uh, That's weird. It kind of sounds like – Yeah. It sounds more like they're saying yelly to me. It's like yelly, yelly, yelly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I even tried playing with it in uh, 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 Audacity this afternoon at work. Like taking out as much of the bass as I could and bumping the the high frequencies up to try to change it, and I could not get get Yanni back to save my life. It was just Laurel from there on. I didn't even know what this was until I saw it on your Facebook page, Sean. And I played it in a room with three other uh, two other guys, and two of us heard Laurel, me the most distinctly, and uh, the other guy heard. He's like, "What is he saying? Like like Lolly or or he he didn't hear Yanni specifically, but he certainly wasn't hearing Laurel." Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of like the whole the whole uh, is it a is it a golden white dress or is it a blue and black dress and all that kind of stuff. Which, <laughs> which I, Rick, I saw you mention that today. Blue you and said, black, like, of course. No, it was golden white. Is, what are you talking about? Blue and black. Right. You, you know, I forgot. I forgot what I saw. Could you resend that image? Let me see. Let, yeah. let me see if I can solve this argument. <laughs> they, when that whole when the whole dress thing came out, I think it was last summer, sometime maybe the year before. But Hank Green, he did a, a YouTube video. That was kind of explaining why some people see gold and white. And don't ask me to tell you because I don't remember. But there's a whole scientific reason why some people see one color and some people see another color. And there's probably the same thing with this, but I don't know. Anyway, we've got a full house in the virtual studio tonight. We've got Rick in the house. How you doing, Rick? Greetings, programs. 
And Virginia is joining us again this week. How are you? Hello. Fine. Very hot here in Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hot here in uh, good old Alabama, too. But um, And Rick's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's it's a rather nice evening tonight. Uh, really? It's not too bad. Uh, and, of course, we got to welcome back uh, Mr. Christopher DeFilippis. How are you, sir? Great, Sean. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Okay, so I do have a game. And I, I invented this game. I don't know how well it's going to go over. We'll see. I actually <laughs> created this game to give to John to play on Captain Game Show. But then I decided that I'm going to play it on this show instead. So I took it back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the name of the game is... Oh, hi, Mark. And this is a game that, I, like I said, I pitched it for, uh, for John to play on Captain Game Show. But if you've ever seen the movie The Room... Starring Tommy Wiseau, and you don't have to have seen the movie to play this game. Uh, the Room is arguably the greatest bad movie of all time, and it's made even better when you hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But Tommy Wiseau is simultaneously the best and worst thing that ever happened to Hollywood. <laughs> but he did give us one of the greatest lines in movie history, and a little, little context in the room. There's a scene where his character goes to the roof and he, and he has a fit over the fact that his girlfriend's uh, been lying to everybody and telling him that uh, he hit her. And uh, and after he has what we Southerners like to call a come apart, he uh, he realizes that his friend Mark is uh, sitting there listening and we get this line and I just went to the wrong app. Hold on. This is great podcasting. <laughs> I, have, for, for, I have tried... How many times to watch that movie, and every time I get right up to actually finding it, and I just can't do it. <laughs> it, it I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you; it's bad. <laughs> it's I know bad. that's what. But, I can't but do it. it's 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 the funny kind of bad. But here's here's the famous line from the room. He comes up to the roof and he has a fit over the lies his girlfriend's been having, and this is it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. So that's the famous line. He just he has this fit, and then he's and then he says, "Oh, hi, Mark." So the way the game works is that uh, I'm going to ask each one of you guys a question about Tommy Wesso's uh, next few projects, and I made them all up. So you have to <laughs> you have to tell me the word that I'm looking for, and the word will always in some way rhyme with Mark, and you have to answer in his style, like "Oh, hi, Mark." For example, if I said in Tommy's next movie, he's playing an eccentric billionaire that's kidnapped in the Middle East and escapes after building a suit of armor. You would say, "Oh, hi, Stark." <laughs> okay, so I'm what, and it's not going to be a buzz in. I'm going to go to each one of you, and all right. So we're, I guess we'll go ladies first, and I'll start with uh, Virginia. So here's your clue. In Tommy's next movie, he plays a man trapped on a fishing boat with a couple of other guys while a monster swims in the water beneath them. And it rhymes with Mark, right? Right. Okay, will you say it again? In Tommy's next movie, he plays a man trapped on a fishing boat with a couple of other guys while a monster swims in the water beneath them. See, I was thinking Jaws, but Jaws doesn't... It doesn't... But what is Jaws? Oh, Shark. Oh, hi, Shark. Hello. <laughs> oh, hi, Shark. <laughs> okay, I'll go to Rick next. Uh, Tommy... Tommy plays a biblical character in which he gathers animals from all over the world and prepares for a life-ending flood. 
Oh, hi, Ark. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, Chris. Uh, Tommy's next film, he is a superhero. He plays the Man of Steel, but spends the entirety of the story only as his alter ego. Oh, hi, Clark. <laughs> is that a good time it was? <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. These are all pretty easy. Uh, okay, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy is all set to go off on an epic journey. He gathers his companions, packs his bags, and prepares for tra- and prepares his transportation. For the adventure to begin, there's only one thing left for him to do. <laughs> I don't think I'm as good at these as y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. I'm glad that's not mine. Yeah, you're, you're getting really <laughs> tough ones because I have no idea where that one's going. I didn't, I didn't think it was tough um, when I wrote this it. This is something he had to do. Wait, say it again. Sorry. Tommy is all set to go off on an epic journey. He gathers his companions, packs his bags, and prepares his transportation. For the adventure to begin, there's only one thing left for him to do. I know this is absolutely wrong, but I'm going to say, oh, hi, Park. No, it's, oh, hi, Embark. (laughs) (laughs) Embark. He has to embark. Okay. I see. The next one, uh, Rick. Tommy is Mm. creating a film that takes place... (laughs) In the, in the parts of New York City where people get to go to get away from everything, one scene takes him. Uh, one scene takes place in a famous location where joggers and muggers alike tend to congregate in the central part of the town. Oh, hi, Central Park. Yeah, close enough. I just put park, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Chris. If only I'd waited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Chris. Tommy plays his first animal role. This time he plays a small ground-dwelling songbird that must learn a valuable lesson. Oh, hi, Lark. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Virginia, uh, Tommy, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy's next project, he plays a man who has never heard a human pronounce his name correctly until he meets a dog that can say it perfectly. Oh, hi, Bart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, Rick. Getting very esoteric. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy plays the sun. He is shocked one day to find out what happens to the world every time he goes to sleep. Are you serious? (laughs) Virginia, I'm so sorry. Oh, hi, Dark. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I thought they were pretty easy. Um, Okay, Chris. uh, Tommy gets his dream role. To portray an agent with the FBI that goes undercover as a high school kid to uncover a massive drug cartel. <laughs> um, I know you're referring to uh, an old Fox show slash Jonah Hill movie, but I, I, I don't. Oh, oh, hi. 21 jump. Hell have I know. <laughs> you, one of you guys want to take oh, hi, it? Oh, Nark. You got it, okay. Oh, hi, Nark. <laughs> oh, hi, Nark. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Virginia, uh, Tommy plays Gabriel, the archangel. His only job uh, in this role is to say this whenever his brethren break into song. Oh, hi, Hark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That was surprisingly difficult to say. <laughs> oh, hi, Hark. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Rick, in his first political thriller, Tommy plays the prime minister of the southernmost Scandinavian nation. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, Denmark. <laughs> yeah. 
don't know if that's a Danish accent, but All right. uh, what the hell. <laughs> All right, this is the last one um, for Chris. Tommy stars in a biopic of Michael Faraday as he tries to explain the rapid transition from non-conducting to a conductive state and the sharp cracking sound that it produces. Oh, hi, Ark. Oh, no. Oh, hi, Ark. Uh, I guess um, that's technically... Oh, I, you know so what? I, we could just spark. Uh, Virginia, spark arcs, though. A spark yeah. and an arc are kind of the same thing. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess... Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give it to him. It doesn't matter because you and Rick tied, and I don't have any more questions, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, finally. Well, I can finally say that Rick didn't beat me, so that's that's a win in my world. <laughs> Yeah, Rick. I, I I say John is the game master. Rick's actually the game master. Can, 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 I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you know I you know I will. I've noticed that you guys say this on your show, biopic, like it rhymes with myopic. Isn't it biopic? I've heard. I it always was. thought it was biopic, but I I hear more people say biopic, so I'm like, I think I've been wrong this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be a regional regional thing? Or? It may be because maybe. It, yeah, because I've heard it both ways. I, I just, just today I heard somebody say biopic and I was like biopic. I thought it was biopic, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I say biopic because it, it's more descriptive. Right. A biopic to me seems like I don't know, like something that's wrong with your eyes or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the movie. <laughs> We're gonna start things off with a few uh, news stories that have been breaking over the last uh, week or so. The one that's really coming up at the top of the list is the death of Margot Kidder. Uh, She, of course, played Lois Lane in the original Superman films from the 70s and 80s where Christopher Reeve played Superman. But like a lot of people in Hollywood, Margot had some issues. Uh, She was in a car accident in the early 90s, and the medication that she was prescribed for pain caused her a lot of her future problems. And I'm not going to go into any detail here. If you want to read all the juicy stories of Margot Kidder's mental illness. There's lots of places for you to read about that online. But as for her work as an actress, uh, Lois, I guess, is what I know her best for. I'm going to give everybody a chance to to say something. But uh, it's weird because when I was a kid, I didn't really like her as Lois because it was kind of, uh, it kind of contrasted what I saw in the comics and in the cartoons and stuff because she was always so crass and loud. But if you really look at the Lois Lane character, that as a reporter that gets embedded with some raunchy, rowdy bunches all over the world, and she was raised by a career military guy, she mo- most likely would not be the most blooming flower in the room. <laughs> you know, she she'd be loud, and she'd probably drink and smoke, and 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 I get when you think about it, she really had that character down. But she she did live a complicated life, and she died too young. She was only sixty nine. But uh, Rick, what, what what do you what do you think? I'd, I'd like to say she was my first Lois Lane, but she wasn't because, uh, you know, as a kid, I watched the reruns of the George Reeves, The Adventures of Superman, and mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name of the actress that played her in those. But, yeah, she and, and Kidder could not be further apart uh, in the spectrum. But Margot Kidder will always be my Lois Lane. Um, you know, it, it I, I agree with you in that she played Lois in a very different way than we'd ever seen her before. Mm-hmm. But it took me about 30 seconds to fall in love with her. Um, uh, she didn't quite push Princess Leia out of my heart as yeah. far as like my boyhood <laughs> crush, but it was pretty close. Um, and you know, I loved her performance in in all of the movies, uh, even though they weren't all good. 
Um, <laughs> what? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know, with all respect to um, oh, who played her in Lois and Clark, Terry uh, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Terry Hatcher, yeah. Uh, all due respect to Terry Hatcher uh, and Dean Cain. Um, I'm sorry, Christopher Reeve and, and Margot Kidder will always be Superman and Lois Lane to me. Uh, I don't think. I, I mean, Harry Terry Hatcher did a certainly did a fine job. Uh, certainly better than either Lois in, in the later Superman movies. I forget her name. I, I can't. Oh, jeez, I'm blanking on actresses' names. Whoever was in The Man of Steel and, and Justice League, she's just lukewarm water. Oh, that's I can't a- Amy Adams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she's a very competent actor and a, and a wonderful person, but I hate her as Lois Lane. She's just so bland and forgettable. Um, just she just doesn't do anything for me as Lois. Margot had a spark and a and a, a bite, and uh, you know, yes, the you know, nobody my age doesn't remember the news reports when she she had her her very public meltdown as the as the stories uh, are very uh, diplomatically putting it. Um, but she got through it. She pulled her act together. Uh, she became an activist for women's rights and, and mental health issues. And, uh, you know, as far as I know, they still haven't said why she died. Um, all I've heard is that she, she died in her sleep. Yeah. That's that's all they're saying is peacefully in her sleep. But, you know, at 69, you don't have a death watch around, you know, people's. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to guess, I'd say stroke. But it's just I'm not a doctor. Either, you know, <laughs> it, it may end up being something like you know accidental overdose by mixing two of the wrong medicines or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, prescription meds are so powerful these days, and it's so easy. I mean, that's what got Keith Heath Ledger. Yeah. Is he just screwed up and took one too many pills of stuff he was supposed to be taking? But he, you know, I like I use Ambien and I use Xanax. I don't do them together because I know that could be bad. Um, you know, and not everybody thinks about that sometimes. And so, uh, you know, I'm kind of expecting it's going to be something along those lines, uh, or a stroke. I hadn't considered that, um, you know, as we saw with poor Carrie Fisher, some, a lot of the, a lot of people from our, a lot of the, the entertainment business people from our childhoods and especially from my childhood, um, you know, uh, they, they were, have not been kind to their bodies, during the 70s and 80s it was not a time where you really worried about what you were doing and unfortunately those catch up to you and now in the in the the 20 teens uh a lot of people who who didn't pay much attention to what they were doing in the 70s are paying the price unfortunately yeah and you know what gets a lot of people and my 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 dad was a uh, firefighter for years and years and years and my mom was a nurse so i had this drilled in my head a lot a lot of people, I'm not saying that she had had a surgery recently or something, but if they have a surgery or a car accident or something and they suddenly get put on some heavy pain medication, it's very important to have somebody else keep that medicine for you because you'll take it and then you'll forget that you took it and then you'll go yeah. and take it again. You know, and, so, and, and a lot of people overdose just because they forgot they took the medicine and they took it again. You know, so. Chris, what do you got to say? Well, I have to mirror what Rick said. Um, uh, 
to me, I didn't know Lois Lane as a character at all until I saw Margot Kidder do it. I mean, I knew of Lois Lane, but I wasn't a comic book reader, and I never watched those old serials with Noel Neal, and I don't know, the, there was another one, right, Rick? But, yeah, there was a movie serials back in the 40s, yeah. Right. So I, I had really no concept of the character except that iconic name, Superman and Lois Lane. So when I saw Margot Kidder do it, I didn't have any frame of reference, and I immediately liked her character. Now that I'm older and I watch her in those movies, I think she's fantastic because that is what a woman in the late 70s, early 80s would have to be like to rise above in a big city newsroom. I mean, just with all the sexism and she she has to be smarter, faster, funnier and tougher than everybody in the room. And damn it, she's driven. And I love that about it. What was great is I think without that, you would not have had the chemistry that she and Christopher Reeve shared on screen because Clark is – He's not a blank slate, but he's so ho hum, and he's you, you can ex- you know what to expect with Clark, especially because you know Reeve played him very deliberately milk toast. Um, yeah, to have that playing off of the brash, funny, sassy Lois was terrific. And what I loved about her performance in that, and I never really thought about it until now, is that she was always you know the one with the moxie until she meets Superman, who is you know arguably the opposite of Clark, then she becomes a little bit more docile, a little bit more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And she played two sides of that so well and so effortlessly in those films. I mean, it got to be a little bit more of a parody as the series went on. But like Rick said, I never disliked her performance as Lois. Unfortunately, I don't know really much of her other work. I know she was in one of the Amityville horror movies. And I think another, was it a Corman movie? about One of his body horror movies. I think about Twins or something like that. I think I saw that like years and years ago, late, late at night, but it didn't impress me. It's like she's always Lois Lane. She always will be Lois Lane. And it's a shame. It's just a shame. Yeah. Virginia, you there? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was born in the early 80s, so I didn't ever see the um, original Superman movies when they came out. And my mom wasn't a huge Superman fan, so it wasn't something she bought like on vcr or vhs or dvd or anything but i did watch it when i was older so i i don't have like this heartfelt sort of tribute like y'all have it's just i saw i saw her picture and i'm like oh yeah that's lois lane and then i got kind of sad because she seems very young and then um yeah that's that's i wish i would have known more about her honestly well, now's a good chance for you to go back and (laughs) and watch your body of work (laughs) yeah or if anything, watch the original Superman, the movie, and Superman 2. I mean, she's just terrific in both of those. And they're very good movies on top of it. Mm-hmm. So. But get the Donner cut of two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like, the, I like the Lester cut. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't think I've seen the Donner cut, but uh, go deep here. Isn't the Donner cut, like, don't they just have the same end as Superman, the movie? No. Um, okay. Not really. It, it's... I mean, yeah, that that was originally the intention. That time turning back thing was supposed to be for two, and then they they decided to move right. it to one. Um, but that's not in the Donner cut. But the the Donner cut, uh, its main difference, aside from Lois figuring him out earlier uh, in the film, uh, that that whole stupid fight with the three of them in in the city and Clark or Superman suddenly having a giant cellophane S and all that's that's not in there. Uh, mm-hmm. the, a, a lot of the the 
the interaction between the three villains and Superman is, is very different. It's been a long time. I have the DVD. I, I, I haven't watched it in a few years. I don't remember all the all the differences, but it it's very different. But the I mean the overall arc is pretty much the same. Where it begins and where it ends are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I telling that. I have a that... question. Go ahead. For... Sure. I'm sorry. I have a question right. for Rick. Did he say giant cellophane ass? No, ass. <laughs> I just fell a bit. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it, <laughs> essentially the same thing. Yeah. Superman is fighting three Kryptonians in downtown Metropolis, and they're they're punching and flying and and being thrown into things, and they're throwing cars and, and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Superman grabs the 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 superman s on his chest and flings it at one of the one of the bad guys and it turns into like this big cellophane wrapper and it wraps him up <laughs> yeah and i you know i think everybody in the theater was like huh <laughs> yeah he had a, he had a lot uh, of he amazing. had a lot of powers in that movie that didn't really make sense and <laughs> didn't he? I think he made people float, or there was something weird. He was almost like a like Christ-like. He could just do anything yeah. he wanted at, at some point. I think oh. it was Zod who made people float, right? The two guards. yeah, they they were like shooting beams out of their fingers or some crap. Yeah, yeah. 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 And well, then there was of course, the the yeah. magic mind erasing kiss at the end, right? And my friends always go on about brick vision in Superman four. When he rebuilds the Great Wall by just looking That's at it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he just looks at the wall and it just builds itself. Yeah, it was crazy. But that was Superman 4, so it, it belonged there, I guess. I saw that movie wow. once when it came out and have never gone near it again. Yeah, yeah. I think I watched it when they showed it on like Sunday night at the movies or something like that. Um, okay. Super Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the nuclear. Uh, all right, I want to talk to about something that's going to lead us up into uh, another story that came out over the past week. This is a new segment on the show that I call "Things That Rick Doesn't Like." <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> and I said that because there was at least I was like, Rick, I think Rick's having a bad week because there were at least <laughs> twice last week that Rick posted on Facebook that you know. You know that thing that everybody's talking about? I don't like that thing. You know? <laughs> but, but I'm kidding. I, I'm put, but I, I thought it was one of those... Uh, uh, it kind of leads into an interesting subject that I thought that we could talk about. Because, uh, Rick, you're not a lot older than me. I think you're, what, 52? Is that right? Oh, bless you, sir. No, I just turned 54. Okay, 54. And I'm 40, so the difference between us is like a middle schooler. So <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's not many years, but when it comes to fandom, it can mean the world, really. Because we're all into Star Wars because that spans so many age groups. And But where it starts to get interesting is like like uh, Rick, you, and, and Chris, when you start talking about your Star Trek fandom, because I had both of you on the on the Prime Direction, you guys are both like original series guys. And I'm also a Star Trek fan, but my fandom starts with the next generation. you know. But when you get into stuff like the Karate Kid, there becomes this big separation. Because for you, Rick, the Karate Kid came out when you were in your 20s. So it was just, yeah. a, mo- it was just a movie that came out. Yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah, uh, it was it was a you know it was enjoyable. I love Pat Morita. Yeah, um, but you know I left the film and never thought about it again until the world went nuts over it. Yeah, <laughs> but for me it came out when I was about eight or nine years old, and there is a much bigger reverence for that movie with people of my age, especially a kid like me that was bullied in school and it made us all want to take karate. And then I hated karate and I quit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the movie is basically 
like Rocky for my generation. You know, it's not until you get older and start watching it again that you realize that Daniel calls most of the problems that he had in the he he calls his own problems. <laughs> but yeah. beside that point, I'm te- I'm teasing Rick because it made me laugh that he was announcing his distaste for something that all of my friends <laughs> from high school were praising at the same time. But uh, I almost <laughs> I almost posted the old man yells at cloud meme. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, to kind of review Cobra Kai. Have any of you guys watched it? I know Rick hasn't watched it, but... <laughs> I have not watched not it. Pain, is that the, the new series that, that stars uh, Zabka? Yeah, it's the it's the sequel series to The Karate Kid. It's got... Yeah, I, I've only seen one trailer for it, and I haven't seen it. I think I was probably about 15 or 16 when Karate Kid came out, depending on the year. I don't know, but it... It was a good movie that we watched in the theater, and then we went to the theater again either the next night or the next weekend to watch the next movie. I was at the prime movie-going age. I guess I was the demographic for mm-hmm. The Karate Kid yeah. as young teen doing nothing but going to the movies every weekend. So it came, it went, it had its sequel. That came, that, that went, wax on, wax off, you know, paint the fence, Daniel. We liked yeah. it, but, <laughs> you know, I think it, it's grown in – in fandom since I don't remember it being that huge of a deal when it came out, although it probably was, but it's now got this mystique around it because everybody just loves the nostalgia aspect of everything these days. Yeah. But I look mm-hmm. at it now and I still think, you know, it's the karate kid. It's fine. It's got long Island's own Ralph Macchio. That's good. Okay. But I can, I'm like Rick, I can move on. <laughs> when I, when I was in, uh, I think I was in like third grade and, um, it was one of those movies that if it was raining outside and the teacher couldn't take us out at recess, she would put on The Karate Kid or she would put on Goonies or something. So these movies, <laughs> we ended up watching so many times, you know, that they just became quotable and, and they've become part of our our lexicon or whatever. But this series that started on YouTube Red a couple of weeks ago is a sequel to the first movie. And it doesn't take into account anything that happened in the, in the second two movies. But um, I was just going to do a quick review. I don't want to bore you guys with it because I know you haven't watched it, but, um, and I don't want to spoil it if you do plan on watching it, but, um, (laughs) basically Johnny, who is the kid that, uh, Daniel beats at the end of the movie. Um, by cheating. Yeah. Yeah. By cheating with an illegal movie. And they point that out. They point that out in the, in the show, but, uh, they make it seem like his life just never took off. You know, he's like an alcoholic now, the trailer made it seem like Daniel was going to be the bad guy in this, but it didn't really play out that way. But Daniel's like a successful businessman. He owns a, he owns a, a car lot. He's got his name on billboards all over the city and stuff like that. Well, Johnny opens the dojo back up, the Cobra Kai dojo, and he starts to teach karate to some of the uh, some of the kids that in town in town that are kind of outcasts. And uh, and Daniel decides, well, he doesn't want that kind of karate being taught. So he starts training somebody for the tournament himself, you know? So that's the basic gist of the show. And it's not how original. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, it, it's not a full out comedy and it's not a full out drama either. It's kind of this cross between the two where it's kind of a parody of the karate kid, but it's a sequel at the same time. And, uh, and it was really good. And the episode, there's 10 episodes and the episodes are only about 25 minutes long each. So I'm talking to people that are in their 30s and 40s. Go and watch it. <laughs> Everybody else, you <laughs> That's might. That's not fair. Yeah. Now I mean, I'm in my 40s. Still. It's, it's on YouTube Red. 
Uh, you can watch the first two episodes for free on YouTube. After that, you have to subscribe to YouTube Red, but they give you your first month for free. So you can essentially watch this show for free. So I, I would never pay to watch one show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's that? Uh, how's that? Uh, CBS subscription going? <laughs> we all canceled. see what you did, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got another thing that uh, the, the other thing that Rick was salty about this week was uh, <laughs> the 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 Expanse got canceled. That's not what I was me. wrong about. No, you were salt. I said you were. I said you were salty about it. You were upset oh, about yes, it. Oh yes, pissed about. It. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I have a 16 year old daughter, so I get stuck in some of the some of this, the the lingo of the kids, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Expanse got canceled, and it was is it in its third season now, or is it? Yeah, okay. this, this is going to be its last season on Siffy. Yeah. Um, and the the at first I was I was furious, but not surprised because Sci-Fi has a history of doing this. They're almost as bad as Fox. Um, but what I discovered after reading into, uh, reading the articles about this is that for some reason, sci-fi only has the rights to the, uh, the real time broadcast of the show. So they're only getting money based on people watching the show when it airs on sci-fi. Oh. They're not getting anything for streaming, for it streaming mm. anywhere else. And nobody watches sci-fi. Which is... <laughs> Yeah, that, and that's the problem. And yeah. once I read that, well, I mean, once I got over the fact that you know whoever is the executive that cut that deal needs to be you know washing dishes somewhere and not in an office anymore, um, I realized of course they canceled it because there, <laughs> nobody watches. You know, the the numbers of cable subscribers are dwindling massively, and any production company that doesn't know to cash in on the streaming revenue is insane and they're going to go broke and the expanse is an incredibly expensive show uh which is one of the reasons it's so good they put a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort into it it's an amazing show with fantastic special effects uh and i'm sure it's expensive as all get out and if all they're getting is the 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 essentially the nielsen ratings of the night it shows of course they can't afford to keep making that show yeah, see, I still have cable, but I hardly watch anything when it's actually on. I mean, even the stuff that I watch on regular television, I've got it either recorded on my DVR or I watch it on demand later through my yeah. through my cables on demand service or something like that. Because, the, I mean, primetime television is a, a terrible time for me for television, you know, between 7 and, and 10 o'clock uh, p.m. I'm always doing something, you know. Like podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, The Expanse is one of those shows that I watched the first couple of episodes and I liked it. It's just I haven't gotten back to it. I I probably will. It's your fault, pal. Yeah. Now I know (laughs) there's an end point. Well, I've only got to get through these three seasons (laughs) or whatever. But... um, but it was weird. So the the all these cancellations came out. Virginia and and Chris, did you guys ever watch The Expanse? I did not, no. Okay. It's one of those ones that I heard about. I always meant to check it out, but then I just forget two minutes after. I always mean to check it out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do that a lot. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not against the idea of it. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you, um, wow, a, a bar that I would hold it up against. Could it be compared to say like Farscape? Uh, okay. I watched the first four episodes of Farscape and couldn't take it anymore because I ah, thought okay. it was 
Yeah, well, that. you got to get past that first season. But like every show, yeah. you got to get past that first season. And yeah, it becomes freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, it was the the Muppets. Like sci-fi yeah. fans are always forgiving of the first season. I mean, you hear that so many. You, you to got to get past the first season. <laughs> yeah. Um, I but I would I would say did did you watch the Battlestar Galactica reboot? I did, and I enjoyed it, the hell out of that. It, it's right up there with that. Oh wow, that good? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Well, she. I don't know. Now I have to go check it out. We'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? Do you like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love Review Mania, where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what you gonna do? When Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you. Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah! Ric Flair. Just stealing! Woo! Wheeling dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Son of a gun! Bret Hart. The best there is! The best there was! And the best there ever will be! Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The champ! Brock Lesnar, Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening right here on CosmicPotato.com. Arriba! Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we are the hosts of the World War G podcast, along with Colton, but he's not here right now. Yes, yeah, so pay no attention. Uh, and we're a podcast about everything geek. We talk about uh, movies, television, video games, comic books. Uh, we got movie commentaries, the occasional taste tests, like these lovely pina colada Oreos. Just don't try the Coke ones. No. Dang, what do we say after that? <laughs> Dang it! Um... So oh, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can find us right here at CosmicPotato.com or at WorldWarG.Podbean.com. Or wherever else you get your podcasting fix. And as always, stay geeky, my friends. Greetings, everybody. It's your old pal, brother John, a.k.a. The Trick Talking Meat, and you're listening to the Cosmic Potato Super Fan Talk Podcast. You're listening to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205 642 8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five star rating on iTunes. Now, just returning from another session of begging Kevin Smith for a retweet, here's Sean Ray. There was a lot of uh, cancellations and, and news of uh, semi cancellations that came out this week because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a, a sitcom that comes on Fox, or came on Fox, and uh, stars Andy Samberg and a bunch of other people. And it's not one that I watched regularly. I would watch it occasionally when it was on. Um, and it was funny. It's a good show. But it's been on for five or six years. Fox canceled it. 
And then the next day, NBC picked it up, which which is kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird for Fox to cancel something because they cancel everything, but for a, another network to pick it up like the next day is is didn't is NBC have it before and then yeah. they dropped it and Fox picked it up and so now Fox is dropping it. NBC is picking it. I didn't. Up, I didn't know NBC. Or, I didn't know NBC I, had it. Yeah. I don't think NBC had it. It's because Andy Samberg had a relationship and the producers on that show had a relationship, I think, through oh. his association with Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That right. they had they had like first refusal and they passed on it and then uh, they sold it to Fox instead. And the executive uh, – this is all conjecture based on one line I read in the article about NBC picking it up saying it's coming home. We never should have let it go in the first place or something like that. But mm-hmm. it never indicated that it aired on NBC, then moved to Fox, is now back to NBC because I think that would be a bigger part of the story, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I know yeah. that Hulu yeah. had the yeah. streaming rights, and Hulu and NBC are owned by the same company, so that may have had something to do with it as well. But I also I wanted to kind of mention the fact that we're getting to a point where people just assume that everything that gets canceled is going to get picked up by Netflix. <laughs> you know, you see that every yeah. single time they make this announcement, such and such is getting canceled. Will it get picked up by Netflix? And like Netflix can't show everything guys. I mean, not everything that gets canceled is going to go to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. It doesn't work. That, it can't work that way because Netflix is not going to spend its entire budget to rescue shows that are getting canceled when they're busy making mm-hmm. original content. I mean, they they did bring back Arrested Development, and uh, Hulu picked up the Mindy Project a couple of years ago. But you can't just assume that everything that gets canceled is just going to get rescued by one of these streaming services or whatever. But um, now there there is a a movement to save the expanse. Uh, it's all over Twitter. If you if you've seen it, they even <laughs> somebody got a, a an airplane to drag one of those you know banners that airplanes drag around. Uh, yeah. Saying save the expanse. There's a petition. I signed it. Uh, this morning it had over 75,000 signatures. Uh, who knows where it is by now? Um, I know it's it's a long shot because it is a very expensive show, but it is something I think that Netflix could could handle uh, and do a good job with. Um, but I'm not holding my breath or anything. But it would be nice to see Amazon or uh, Netflix or Amazon pick it up. But uh, yeah, there's 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 always the assumption. You know, I think people. May think it's a it's a an easier thing to do than it actually is to change networks, um, and it doesn't always work out for the best. Look at Supergirl. Yeah, I, I haven't in about uh, eight or nine months. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know I was a huge fan of Supergirl for the first season, and then they brought in Monel and and moved to the CW and the whole. I I just I've watched three episodes of the second season and couldn't couldn't deal with it. Yeah, it's just a. a yeah, be tragedy because a show, show a show that comes on CBS is going to be marketed way differently than a show that's going to be on the CW. And the fact that they were swap, swapping to those networks, you essentially have to make a different. It's a different show, you know, because yeah. the CW is geared a lot more towards younger people, uh, and uh, they're gonna they're whether they should or should not put in a, a romantic interest. If it's on the CW, there's going to be one, <laughs> you know, it's just the same network that has Riverdale, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So there's that. I mean, they've done a, a decent job with the flash. I know this season's not as great. Um, this season did have one of the best episodes of the flash that I've ever seen, but it was the best episode in the middle of a bunch of not as good episodes. So, uh, but, Which yeah, one would you another... classify, uh, Sean, as the best that you've seen in a long time? 
I can't remember the name of the episode, but there was an episode of The Flash this season where uh, an atomic bomb goes off, and Barry, as soon as it goes off, Barry starts moving in flash time. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was an interesting one. Yeah, it was it was all, and he started. Certainly. That's when he started to play around with the fact that he can bring other people into flash time for a, mm-hmm. for a limited amount of time before they start falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, but and 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 they brought some of that back in last night's episode. They brought some of that back where he was able to bring Cisco in into flash time again. But but it was a really good episode. The fact that. The entire episode takes place. He's in flash time, and he's got to stop this explosion from spreading. And the explosion's already started, you know. So right, right, yeah. It was it was a probably one of the most interesting ones they've done in a long time. Yeah. And the season of the Flash is just, I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, it has not been great. There's here and there. There's been some good stuff, but for the most part, it's it's been kind of lackluster. But yeah, I, I've already. I think I've already ranted about it, but yeah, they lost me four episodes in this season where it was just, here we go again. <laughs> well, the good news is that uh, Fox is going to pick up Last Man Standing, so <laughs> which is weird because that show was canceled over a year ago. <laughs> I think that's why people are saying that all these uh, Fox shows got canceled because of the uh, the money that Tim Allen commands for a salary, especially on a show that's, you know, how old or whatever. And I mean, he's also, I don't want to get political, but he's a very right-wing guy, and it's the Fox network, and he espouses mm-hmm. a point of view that, that they try to sell. Yeah. So yeah. it's all in the family, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of weird because I, I watched that show uh, some when it was on, and it's funny. I mean, Tim Allen's a funny guy. He's got some political views that I don't agree with, but um, it's just weird the reverence that they that people have for that show because it's it's good but it's not that good. Fox Fox could easily just give Tim Allen a new show. It doesn't have to be that show, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's also weird that ABC canned that particular show because of those political views, and then they brought Roseanne back, and he she has mm-hmm. similar views, <laughs> you know. That particular part of it was strange to me because Roseanne uh, they threw a lot of money into bringing that show back, and. Uh, and like I said, you know, she was a Trump supporter. Tim Allen was a Trump supporter, and they talk about it on the show and and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. But Rick and Morty's getting seventy more episodes, so there you Yay. go. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy. Uh, Is that another thing you're salty about, Rick? That, that was the other thing I was apparently very wrong about on. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it was the same thing because he said, "I can't believe they canceled the Expanse, but they're giving Rick and Morty more episodes." Um, yeah. And I posted oh, so it's sour grapes. It's not really about Rick and Morty. It's that they're well, getting well, I, okay. episodes and okay. I I actually I I tried. I watched the first episode. Okay, and I know people are like you got to you got to get to episode four. But my problem with Rick and Morty is not the content. I don't know what the content is. My problem with Rick and Morty is that I can't watch it. And the reason for that is, what's the scientist? Which is he, Rick or Morty? That's, that's Rick. Rick. That's Rick. Okay, he's always drooling. All right, so he's got that shit all over his stuff, all over his mouth. Sorry, Sean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. <No, I'm> <laughs> I can't cope with that. You know, everybody's got that one thing that they can't deal with. You know, some people it's bugs, heights, claustrophobia, whatever. I can't deal with drooling. Okay. Have any of y'all, have y'all seen the movie 12 monkeys? (laughs) Yeah. My favorite movie of all time. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. All I remember from that movie 
is Bruce Willis drooling. Yeah, yeah, that's a good scene. <laughs> um, and to me, in my mind, that's all he did through the whole movie. I don't remember a single other thing about that movie. That's, that's how much I can't cope with it. Um, it just grosses me out beyond all reason. So the fact that Rick has always got like crap coming out of his mouth, I can't cope with that. I it, even cartoons I, rule. It, it, that's all I could focus on. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you the same thing. It doesn't change anything wow. that it's animated. <laughs> no, not no. Yeah. It's just, the fact that it's there is all I can think about when it's on screen, and I know that it's irrational. But you know what? I can climb ladders and I can get into tiny places. <laughs> so this isn't exactly a, a life affecting phobia but it is the thing that i can't cope with yeah and you know people are like very, oh it gets better and i'm like i've seen specific. pictures from the recent and it's there it's still there he still does it so oh yeah he, yeah, he, he, he does it they yeah, don't thing yeah they don't focus on it as much later because i mean it's one of those things that the joke kind of wears thin so they'd stop doing it as much he's always got the little bit of stuff on his mouth but don't like focus on it as much as they do in those first few episodes but yeah, so it's unfortunate because you're missing out on a very well written, funny show. Mm. I, I think you would like it. I think that you would find it very engaging if you could just get over that I, little I, bit of green paint. Yeah, the, yeah. the mind, the mind <laughs> twisting kind of sci fi that they do on that show is very yeah. surprising for just a funny animated show that comes on. Like, was it is a Cartoon Network? Cartoon Network. Uh, well, it's, it's Adult Swim. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Cartoon Network at night. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll I'll try to give it another shot. But it was like I I have discovered that one does not, in even the slightest way, disparage Rick and Morty online. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> not if one values one's social media presence. <laughs> uh, Virginia, what what have you been watching lately? Um, actually, I my best friend came over the other day and was telling me about this. Um, anime on netflix called agritsuko um it's from this year and it's about it's kind of hilarious there's like 10 episodes that are about 15 minutes each and it's about a mild-mannered red panda accountant who um, doesn't like her job so her outlet for that is death metal karaoke (laughs) (laughs) and it is so hilarious so I would I would highly recommend it. Okay. Do you need to be an anime fan to enjoy it? No, because I well I was asking my friend like you know I'm not really into anime is that going to be a problem and he was like no it's it'll be fine so as long as you do have to read subtitles but um, That's there you know some of them are the lyrics to the songs which are pretty awesome because it's like oh you're a shitty boss and I hate you and <laughs> that kind of thing so yeah I like it now sometimes Netflix has a dubbed uh version that you can it's almost like the closed captioning that you turn on and turn off some some mm-hmm. of that some of that anime uh that's on netflix you can turn on the dubbing have you checked to see if that's on there because i know rick was watching something before and he couldn't watch it because mm-hmm. of the subtitles and then uh and then john told him well you can turn on the dubbing oh <laughs> well now, now hang on a second i just want to clarify something because i i am a i am a huge proponent of of subtitles when when possible because i love to preserve the uh, the original performance right but i was trying yeah. to watch the the animated godzilla movie that, that's on netflix that came out and it's just there was so much going on too fast yeah that's that reading was. the sub reading the subtitles i kept missing what was happening right on the screen 
Uh, and that's when John's like, you know, you can turn on the English. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> okay, you can. Cool. Um, I didn't. I didn't try that. I actually I watch everything with closed captioning on. So to me, it's just I. I, oh, okay. I have trouble hearing things sometimes, so I like being able to read it if I don't hear it right. Um, so, yeah, to me, I was just like, I'll, I'll read this, the subtitles. That's fine. Chris, what have you been watching? I want to – we'll start from the um, the order of the conversation. We'll start with Fox and the cancellations. One of the few things I've been watching on network TV has been The Last Man on Earth, and that was another one in that spate of shows that Fox just canceled. Right. I don't know how popular it is, but – it's been a mainstay since it debuted in this house anyway, because it's just so quirky and so funny. And I think it's Will Forte who is sort of the brains behind that. And Lord and Miller who do the Lego movies and uh, just botched the Han Solo movie so bad that Ron Howard had to come in and, and, and take the reins. But Last Man is just like a small show, a comedy about um, the end of the world. It's sort of like the anti-Walking Dead because it's this guy, he's, he's just about to kill himself because he's traveled all over the entire country, um, leaving signs alive in Tucson because he's the only one he can't find body. And then um, just as he's about to kill himself, he sees smoke on the horizon and enter Christian, Christian Stahl, Stahl, I don't know how to say her name, but she's amazing. She's on Bob's Burgers. She plays Louise on Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. And she's like funny and quirky and... Um, since that first episode, the cast has grown to a, a core of like six or seven people, and they're always changing it up. And it's just refreshingly different for a network comedy. It's not like set gag. It's not tied to one or two things that it just keeps hitting over and over and over again. You know who you are, Sheldon Cooper. Um, <laughs> even though I love Big Bang, you know, it's the Sheldon show now, and that's all it ever is anymore. But they change it up every season and they bring in guest stars and then they kill them off or the, the guest stars go away. And most recently, they've um, been bringing back uh, Jason Sudeikis yeah. as uh, as his brother. And I, I really enjoy him. So I don't know that many people watched it. It ended sort of on a cliffhanger. I've been refreshing my browser waiting for the news after Brook- Brooklyn Nine-Nine got picked up that Last Man would be picked up somewhere because I think it has enough of a cult following. But if you haven't checked it out, just try it. Just try it. It's it's a dumb, stupid comedy. It's cringeworthy at times because the character is such a doofus. But <laughs> in the end, it's got a lot of heart, and um, it it's it's just refreshing. It's just different. You know? Yeah. How many seasons does it have? Three. Or maybe okay. four. But they're shorter seasons because it started out as a mid season replacement. Okay. And I don't know that it ever went so and they're half hour shows, you know. So if you watch them without commercials and especially now, it seems like every show has got seven acts that are three minutes long and then twenty minutes of commercials. Yeah. So I think once you put these things on Netflix without commercials, they might be less than twenty minutes long. So yeah. it's it's not a lot to watch and you know, stick with it. Uh, the character, like I said, you're going to hate the main character for a while because he's just such an idiot and a loser. But there's a lot of heart there, too. It's called Last Man on Earth? Last Man on Earth. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, Rick, I know you've been watching Westworld, right? Oh, have I been watching Westworld? <laughs> See, now that's one I tried. I couldn't get past, like, the third episode. Oh, really? Huh? Wow. Yeah. I, and I wanted to. I, 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 I loved the premise. I loved the production value. I loved even sort of where it was going. But it just... I, I could not stay engaged with it for some reason. It did everything right, yet I could not bear to sit through it anymore. It pulled me in so hard because I've been, I've been, uh, you know, HBO guards their stuff very jealously, 
and and uh, you know we don't we don't have HBO uh, and HBO Go is another fifteen bucks a month, mm-hmm. so we weren't going to get it. Not for you know because like the only thing they had that we would well I don't even watch it. My wife would watch Game of Thrones, and uh, she's getting that or she was getting that via Netflix. So it was just it just didn't make any sense to get HBO and it, they weren't putting it out on any other streaming service. And then the DVD came out, but it was twenty five bucks or something. And I'm like, well, I'm not spending that kind of money if I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. And then finally, Hulu. Uh, has a has a deal right now where you can get HBO for your first week is free and then it's uh, six bucks a month for your first six months and so I'm like I'm in and I watched the first three episodes in the first night uh, and if I didn't have to be up at six o'clock in the morning the next day I would have watched more uh, I think I burned through season one in two days maybe three uh, I, I got to season two, thought I had four episodes to watch. At the end of the third one, I went to click on the fourth one and saw it was just an ad for the fourth. I was like, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're all caught up now. <laughs> yeah. And I actually, uh, I haven't watched the last, uh, I haven't watched the last two yet. I'm going to have to binge those two this weekend, probably. I, I can't say season two is as good as season one, but it's, it's you know, the, the it's not that the quality has dropped, it's just they've, they've, added more complexity to the mix and some most of it's working for me okay a little bit of it felt like they were kind of reaching up the uh the old lower intestine to find some newness to add to it but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh i'm i'm really enjoying it uh and you know it's it beautifully acted it's certainly not something to watch while the kids are up um mm, no. but unlike game of thrones and i've i've uh, if, if you listen to any of my other shows, forgive me if this is a repeat. Um, you know, I am not in any way a prude. Uh, but like Game of Thrones, I watched the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. And eventually, even I was like at the point where I was like, you really did you really need to have the two hookers making out while you were having your monologue? I mean, it was just <laughs> like we're putting nudity in because we're HBO and we can. Um, and after a while, even you know, it's like, all right, this is this is this is not in any way adding to the scene and it's, it's actually pulling focus and it's pointless and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is a ton of nudity on Westworld, but it all makes sense. And in fact, there are even some, some characters who, I don't want to use the word empowered because it's not really the right term, but like the fact that they're naked almost makes them stronger because they're doing all kinds of stuff with no clothes on because they're, they're robots. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, uh, equal opportunity as far as the nudity goes. They're not afraid of the willy. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it makes sense to the story. It, uh, and they don't overdo it. Um, there have been plenty of episodes where there wasn't any, uh, it's very violent, but, oh, yeah. uh, um, it, it's a it's a really good show. I'm I'm very glad I'm watching it now. The HBO does this thing with most of their shows that they'll put a ton of sex and nudity in the first couple of seasons, like they're trying to get more people to come come watch it. You know, we've got boobs, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then as the show goes along, see, Game of Thrones doesn't do it as much now as it did in the first couple of seasons, and mm-hmm. uh, because now they've got they they say they've got the viewers hooked that are going to come in you know they don't need to do that kind of stuff to bring in more viewers so westworld there was a a couple of scenes the first two three episodes 
that were a little gratuitous, but the uh, but for the most part, it, it it evened out as the as the season went along. But the uh, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but everybody keeps talking about the big reveal with the uh, the character in the la- I can't remember his name. Billy or Bernard? Bernard. Yeah, they keep they okay. keep talking about the reveal with him, which I saw coming. I mean, I was like that. That's not really a reveal. The reveal that got me was the reveal with Ed Harris's character. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Well, <laughs> well, you know, when I when I posted on Facebook that I finished season one, my brother-in-law came back with, how about that twist? And I was like, which one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's made out of twists. <laughs> the whole season's like a freaking French braid of twists. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys. So it's like we keep on talking about getting past that first season curse so to speak in genre stuff and i know you were sucked in immediately rick so maybe you don't have the 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 best judge you're not the best judge of this question but i find that with all the shows that i have just dropped off on whether they be doctor who or most every one of the cw shows besides the flesh i i just can't justify sitting through it because it's something that i once liked and it's an especially rough climb when you're thinking, all right, I can invest 10 hours in watching Westworld because everybody says it's so amazing, but it's not grabbing me after four episodes. When is my, when, when is it okay to walk away? I think it, even though they're okay. doing, like I said, they're doing everything right. But, and you guys are talking about these amazing twists and all that. And it's like, I want to be part of that. I really want to believe, you know? Yeah. Just call me Fox Mulder. But, you know, I only have so much time. <laughs> I think four, four episodes is kind of my, my plateau. All if, right. If after four episodes, I have, I like, um, uh, Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. We, the, the new Lost in Space. My family and I watched the first four episodes, and then none of my, and including my six-year-old, who kept like, can we watch, can we watch? After the fourth episode, nobody asked to watch it again. Yeah, and I didn't go back, and I don't really care if I ever do. Um, it's and it's not that it was bad. It just, it, it it you know, I've noticed these days that if I like a show, I sit there and I binge the hell out of it. Um, you know, that's how I knew I was liking Westworld when I you know I finished the first episode, and it was you know I I'm I, I'm an old man with a with a six year old. I'm a 54 year old man with a six year old in the house. I don't have a lot of spare energy, so yeah. if I finish watching an episode and it's 10:30 and I'm like, screw this, I'm going to watch another one. Uh, I know that the show that I'm that I'm hooked in the show. If it takes any effort at all to continue, I'm not going to do it because I haven't got it to spare. Um, mm. You know, or like with with Game of Thrones, I don't not watch it because it's a bad show. I stopped watching it because at the end of season two, after every episode in season two, I wanted to go in and wake up my baby and give her a hug. And I realized when mm. season three was announced, it was about to start. I was dreading it. Not because it's bad, but because I it, it's just so brutal and so bleak yeah. and so unpleasant. that I was like, you know what? If I was in my 20s, this show would be the exact thing I want to watch. But now I'm, I'm kind of – I don't mind fluffy, happier stuff. <laughs> so, And I also really dig what you're saying because I used to love The Big Bang Theory. Uh, that was one I – I resisted it and I resisted it and I resisted it. And finally, uh, I think – around their fourth season, a friend of mine just threw the season one box set at me and said, watch this. And I, I churned through it in like a week and a half. 
not maybe not even that much. Um, and then I was hooked, and I watched every episode, and I was I was there. Mm-hmm. But the season, I don't remember which one. I think it was like five or six. The one where where Sheldon went on walkabout and ended up in his underwear in a train station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard you. I mentioned that too as your yeah. as your departure point. Yeah, and and it yeah. wasn't that I rage quit. It wasn't that I was like, oh, this show sucks now. It just I just stopped being interested. And that's funny because I still have a genuine affinity for all the characters. And as much as the focus on Sheldon annoys me, that's just what the show is now. I still watch it every week, but I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. You guys have probably heard me say this. It's one of the few shows I watch with my wife that we watch together. So I value that, too, you know, because it's a mm-hmm. shared experience. We don't she doesn't like genre stuff. She doesn't like it. And I don't like to watch documentaries about World War Two and the Holocaust. I don't like that. <laughs> so, I mean, when we can come together watching something like Last Man on Earth or The Big Bang Theory, I find that the the enjoyment for me might be a little bit more than it would be alone just because it's shared experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we love, you know, I got luck. I, I won the, 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 the wife lottery. My wife is as big a nerd as I am. It's just she's more anime and fantasy, whereas I'm more of the hard science fiction. But we both love to watch Doctor Who and Star Trek. And, uh, uh, like, we, we, we just got our tickets for Deadpool 2 tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say that uh, if a show is not pulling you in, it's not pulling you in. There's no reason for anybody to feel guilty because they don't like something. And if people make you try to make you feel guilty online <laughs> because you don't like something, you know, you know what? It's okay to not like things. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it was never really a question of feeling guilt or, or or whatever or feeling pressured to like it. It's just that, like, I guess the way I'm putting it is like, Rick, I respect your opinion. Sean, I respect your opinion. If you're saying that Westworld is like amazing. Then there's obviously something to it because you guys don't say stuff like that lightly. Well, maybe Sean does a little bit, but Rick definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so I got to think like there's something there and I'm just not getting it. You know what I mean? That's all. And that's cool. You know, I, I was dubious about Westworld because the original movie, while it's it's a classic, is, you know, it's like watching paint dry. It's one of the most boring things ever made. Yeah. Well, I have been watching. I, I've been watching a lot of stuff, but most of the films that I've been watching are for the classic series that we're doing on the show. So I'm not going to talk about them this week. I'll talk about them when we record that show. But um, I had, I did watch a movie on Netflix the other day called Anon. Uh, it's on Netflix, and it's not getting the best reviews. And like you say, Chris, sometimes I say that I like things that people go and watch it. And I'm like, why did you like that? I don't know. It's, <laughs> I just do. I did notice there was a couple of weeks ago. I was on the uh, I was on the the movie news show that that Rick does. I was on that for a few weeks, and I would go on and I would say, "Hey, I like this movie. It's pretty good." And then I'd listen the next week, and everybody's just like, "That movie was awful." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I like terrible things. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, I, we're we're not a good a uh, a uh, uh, easy audience over on that show. Yeah. Um, Anon, it, like I said, it's not getting the best reviews. It's sitting at like thirty nine percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes. But I found it interesting. It's got Clive Owen and Amanda Seyfried in it. If I'm pronouncing her name right, maybe Seyfried, something like that. Um, it takes place in a modern setting, but it's like it's this alternate world where everyone has an implant that allows information to be streamed in and out of your brain like a computer. And uh, it works in ways like advertisers can access it and they can show you ads while you're out walking your dog. 
and or you'll look at a person and it'll tell you where you can buy a coat like the one they've got on and how much it costs and and uh, and it, it'll identify people that you look at. But what it also does is it downloads all of your memories to a central database all the way down to like the millisecond. So everything that you see is being constantly streamed and recorded in a database and uh, and you can access that stuff later or the police can access it to solve crimes. So this movie is about a cop um, that he's trying to find a serial killer that's able to hack the system and he has the help of Amanda Seyfried who is also a hacker who's able to uh, people pay her to go into the system and erase things <laughs> like erase affairs and things like that that they've had. So uh, I found it really interesting. I think that the the end of it kind of fell apart a little bit. Like the last 10 minutes really didn't work for me, but everything up until that point, I was having a good time watching it. It's kind of it's slow. It's not an action movie. It's more cerebral than that. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that I've watched uh, in the last couple of weeks that wasn't something that I was doing for the show. You know, I watched uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still and War of the Worlds, and I'll talk about all that on a future episode. But uh, Great watching. I did. Wa- I also watched the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still and the remake of War of the Worlds. So there you go. <laughs> well, maybe not such great. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Tom Cruise one wasn't that bad. Uh, do you guys want yeah, have it, anything else you want to throw in before I close out? Go ahead, Rick. I, I do. Yeah. Oh, Virginia, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was I was just gonna say that I I thought the the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds was yeah it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah. I I will not watch the remake of. The day the earth stood still. Well, that that's heresy. Yeah, they, <laughs> because they changed. The, I'll, I'll talk about it on the show, but they changed the whole story. I mean, it, every his, all of his motivations are different. It's, and that's why I won't watch it. Right. As soon as I heard the plot, I was like, "Are you effing kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Virginia. Oh, I was just going to um, briefly mention this one movie that I was watching last night called the Strange Name Movie that's on Netflix. It's from last year. And as someone with the last name Pickle, let me tell you how much I identified <laughs> with this movie, okay? Like, I felt all these people's pain. I'm like, I, like, there was this one guy named Tim Burr, and his mom named him that Tim so he could, she could call out the, like, time to come home, everybody, the street lights are off, and she could just yell, Timber, outside, and her kid <laughs> would come running. Like, she said, that's why she named, I'm just like, that so, funny. that, just for me personally, I really liked that movie because I was I was very much feeling their pain. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I heard a pickle joke, yeah. I would be the richest woman <laughs> on the planet. And I don't make assumptions when I see someone's last name online because I don't know how they pronounce it. Have you ever seen, you probably haven't seen it, but there's a, a, a British sitcom called Keeping Up Appearances that came on in like oh. the 70s or 80s that yeah that that was a mainstay every friday night yeah. in our house for all for years and years you yeah you see it definitely. on like public television and stuff but the, yep. the the main character's name was hyacinth bucket but she told everyone her name was pronounced <laughs> hyacinth bouquet and so that's bouquet yeah so as, yeah. For, for all i know you could pronounce your last name Peaklay and nobody would <laughs> <laughs> well, when when i was like when in the 80s, there was that TGIF on Friday nights or whatever. That was the family-friendly TV block. That was practically the only thing my parents would let us watch. Full House, anyway, Perfect Strangers, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So at the in Family Matters, the janitor, was his name was spelled Mr. Looney. 
but it was French. It was Lune. So <laughs> whenever people, oh, is your last name Piquel? Like, don't French it up. It's just Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, there's a an old Saturday Night Live skit, and I can't remember which era it was to tell you who was in it, but I think it was Kevin Nealon that was in it, and he's going through this whole thing with his pregnant wife because they're trying to decide what they're going to name their child, and every oh, name Lord. she comes up, every na- name she comes up with. He knocks it down and says, no, you can't call him that because the kids will call him this. You can't call him Bart because everybody will call him Bart Fart. You know, that kind of stuff. And it's like every name she comes up with, he says that. And then somebody uh, somebody comes and knocks on the door. He opens it was the, Rob, Rob Schneider, yeah. so it was that era. Yeah. yeah, Rob Schneider's at the door delivering a, a, a pizza or something. And he said, yeah, I got a delivery here for an ass wipe. And he says, my name is Aswipe. <laughs> When when my wife, when we were trying to come up with names for for Sharon, uh, before we before we knew what the uh, what what the gender of the baby was, uh, I, I tried to convince her that Azuipe would be a good name. She wouldn't go. For it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I salute your wife. <laughs> I, I do have one thing I want I want to talk about really quickly. Okay, I'll, yeah, try to, I'll, I'll try to be quick about it. If you live anywhere in the world that is within two hours of a thing called the Void, look it up. The Void on online. It is a virtual reality uh, Star Wars simulation. It's called Secrets of the Empire. Um, if, you have, if you've listened to any of, of uh, Boz's shows over on Simply Syndicated, he, he raved about it. And so I looked to see if it was anywhere here in the States, and there's one in Orlando. And my wife, for my birthday, my birthday was last month, she got, me tic- she got us tickets for it. And we went and did it. It's amazing. Um, you go there, and you, you put on this vest – that's got all of this this equipment and all the, these electronics probably weighs about 30 pounds maybe not that much they said it weighs about 30 or 40 pounds i think they're exaggerating a bit uh and this helmet and it's a vr helmet and you put it on and then they put you in a room and there's the, i think they break you off into groups of four so there were my wife and me and there were these two other guys and you go into this room and you put on this helmet and you look around and it, it, it the room is just kind of this nondescript sort of pattern around the room but everybody in the room is now wearing imperial stormtrooper armor huh. And then the room changes, and it becomes the inside of a shuttle. And you are a group of rebel commandos infiltrating an imperial establish an imperial base on Mustafar. Oh, cool. And you have to get this artifact. And the first thing you do is you step through this door onto this skiff, and it's it, you know looks like it's about maybe ten feet wide by about nine and a half feet long, no railings or anything. And you and then then it goes up, and you're you're out. You know, 200 feet above the molten lava ocean of Mustafar. And I swear to God, I'm sitting there going, in my head, I'm going, I'm standing in a room. I am standing in a room, and the rest of my brain is going, we're going to fall off of this damn thing. Wow. Uh, it was, and I knew that was coming because, you know, I'd heard people talk about it. Boz was talking about it. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to I'm gonna have a problem with the heights there because I generally don't have a fear of heights. But it really freaks you out. It took all of my willpower to not, like, drop down and try to grab the edge of the, of this thing. And at this point, you're still kind of digging that, you know, this is VR. Look, haha, look at my hands there. I'm wearing armor and gloves, even though I'm not. And it's cool. And then you go into this, it takes you to this door and you go in and you go down this hallway and you get your blasters. And as soon as you get your blasters, all hell breaks loose. And then stormtroopers start charging you and you, and you shoot them. And it's not like, you know, a video game where you sort of feel like you're in it but it's still there's this difference you know the and no you are in you know you you are shooting and 
it's it's hard to describe how absolutely immersive it is. At that point, I totally forgot that I was that I was playing a game. Uh, the the vest has has uh, little like actuators in it, so when you get hit. It, it buzzes like on your chest. It, it like freaked me out because I didn't know it would happen. And then somebody shot me. I was like, God, who shot me? <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. And then you, you have to, there's, there's some really, really easy puzzles you have to figure out. You sort of have to work together, but they don't make it so complicated that if, you know, you're, you're there with some strangers, you have to like figure out how to work together. Um, and and there's, you have to fight monsters and shoot stormtroopers. And the ending, I, mean, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone gets to do it, but, um, just to tell you, okay, it we live an hour and a half from Orlando on a good day. This was not a good day. It was raining. There was traffic. It took us about two hours to get there. We had an appointment time. We found out once we got there, the appointment times are kind of a fiction just to get people to sort of, sh- if you can, get an appointment ahead of time. Um, the, the, the experience itself is only about 15 minutes long. Now, we got a little bit extra because we got – just past the point where you get your blasters and then something went wrong and everything died. And so they, they restarted. They, they let us start again from the beginning. So we, I got to ride that skiff thing twice. And the second time I was a little more in, in control. Um, but, uh, you know, it's only 15 minutes. All, you know, from start to finish. And it goes by really fast, but you're having a blast the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had to drive home. And it was another hour and a half, but then it was pouring down rain and there was traffic and we were trying to get to my daughter's school in time to pick her up and we didn't get there we had to call ahead and it turned into a big nightmare I had to get our daughter to, our, our oldest daughter to walk up to the school just to take keep sharing company until we got there and we got there like half an hour late and through all of that aggravation all of that annoyance i would do it again in a heartbeat wow it was so worth it if you are a star wars fan and you can get to one there's there's I think there's two in California. There's one in at least one in Nevada. Uh, like there's one in Orlando. There's one in London. Um, they, they, you know, go to their website. The Void. Just Google the Void. It will come up, and it's um, it's amazing. I ne- I had no idea that VR could be that incredible. Uh, I you know I have been raving raving and raving about this. You know, we did this on Monday. Today's Wednesday. I haven't shut up about it <laughs> for two days. Uh, I was going to say, so you basically went to the holodeck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, ah, it literally. Yeah. It, it literally is almost that good. I mean, the, the ring of the people with you is a little twitchy, but everything else is beautiful. Uh, and I, I just, it, it, and it, it's a little pricey. You know, it's it, it's like 38 bucks a person. So it's not something you're going to do all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I if can you read the uh, the locations for the listeners, if you'd like, please do. Anaheim, California, Dubai, UAE, Glendale, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, of course, Linden, Utah, London at Shepherd's Bush, London at Stratford City, New York, New York, woohoo! I'm going. Orlando, <laughs> Florida, and Toronto, Ontario. So if any of you guys want to come to New York and crash on my couch, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. it's you know, if you had told me that. A 15-minute experience would be worth five hours of driving aggravation going to Orlando. I'd have been like, yeah, right. Uh, it was. Oh, you know uh, what? The one in New York only has Ghostbusters Dimension. Oh. And it's at, of course, it's at Madame Tussauds, which is right <laughs> off of Times Square. All right. So, oh, yeah, 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 there's no no getting into that. <laughs> well, All right. I rode a ride when I went to uh, Disney World a, couple, a few weeks ago um, at the Animal Kingdom Park. 
they have an entire part of the park that they've now built into Pandora from the Avatar film. And they have a ride there called Flight of Passage. And you go in and they go through, you know how Disney does when you get in line, they go through this whole show where they got to tell you all this stuff about the, about the ride. And, it, and basically they're just killing time while you're standing in line. But, um, once you go in and you get on the ride, you sit on this thing that is kind of like a motorcycle, but it doesn't have any wheels. And, uh, this thing comes up on your back and on the back of your legs to keep you secure and keep you in place. And there's a screen in front of you. And when the game, when the ride starts, the, image on the screen goes into you're looking out at Pandora and it's all three dimensional and now you're an avatar and you're riding on the back of a banshee and that (laughs) thing that thing is flying and it really feels like it because they blow air at you and they squirt a little bit of water at you from time to time when you're going over the water and uh, you can there's one part where the banshee goes into a cave and it lands and it gets real quiet and real still and the thing that you're sitting on expands and contracts, so it feels like the banshee is breathing, and your knees are oh, you're, neat. Feel, you're feeling yeah. the the wow. breath of the banshee, and it is the most immersive experience as far as a ride like that that I've ever seen because re- the the 3D was perfect, and everything just looked like you were actually flying on the back of a dragon. It was awesome. So that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Chris, you had something you wanted to plug, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have, uh, since I last spoken to you guys, become a co-host on the Quantum Leap podcast. So um, we've had a little bit of a shakeup over there. Uh, I started doing some pinch hitting, some guest hosting, and Albie, who runs the podcast, kind of liked the dynamic with me and my new co-hosts, Allison Pregler and Matt Dale. So we are now um, installed as the permanent co-hosts altogether of the Quantum Leap podcast. So you can find that at quantumleappodcast.com. You can go to my website at theflipside.com, and you'll see a link to the most current episode. And, of course, you can get it on Android and Android uh, Apple Play now, is it called? And Stitcher and... Uh, Apple Podcasts, I think is what they call Apple it. Apple Podcasts, yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I've actually run a podcast, so I'm a little rusty, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at least with the plugging part. But no, we've we've come together. We have a nice dynamic. We just uh, released an episode today. When this comes out, Sean, I don't know, but it was for the episode Future Boy. So we started out right where the podcast left off um, in the middle of season three. And we're committed to taking it all the way to the end, to the end of the fifth season. So if you guys are Quantum Leap fans or if you're Christy Philippus fans or, uh, you know, you just want to support me, even if you don't like me, go to QuantumLeapPodcast.com, <laughs> Apple, you know, <laughs> do just check it out. We, we're, we're having a great time. And I think it comes through in the shows that we've done so far. And we just can't wait to keep going. All right. Well, Chris, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And Virginia, thank you again. Thank you. And Rick, as always. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Always fun. And uh, guys, make sure you go to iTunes or wherever that you normally get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating. Visit the website at CosmicPotato.com. And please support all the other shows on the network, Captain Game Show, The Prime Direction, Review of Mania, and World War G. And be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say something funny, but he's not here. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>